Welcome to another episode of What Really Matters with James Dore. Today we have a lot to talk about today, uh, including a couple articles from ESPN, one of them detailing Richard Sherman's return to the NFL with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, talking about his support system and the way he got back. Next, we want to also talk about the minor leagues and the poverty level that these players are currently living through. Um, currently, they make less than the poverty line and is led to a lot of players leaving their sport and no longer being able to play. And the next next issue we're going to be talking about today is Russell Wilson and a top professional quarterback in the NFL has his own mental health coach. We're just going to be diving into the impact that has on his success as well as why are more people doing that? Can't wait. We have a great guest today from Gross Point South High School, Daniel Allen, um, aspiring Division I football player and a absolute great person that I admire and that I love uh, love dearly. So can't wait for to hear what he has to say about all of this. With me here today, our very special guest, Daniel Allen. Um, from Gross Point South High School. Daniel, uh, before we get started, I would like to just you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself, just some clubs, some work you're a part of, and just kind of what you're passionate about. All right, well, I am a sophomore that attends Gross Point South High School. This will be my second year at that school, and I play JV, and then will also be pulled up to varsity football on Friday nights. I am a linebacker and center for them. And just a few things that I'm passionate about is I'll go to church whenever I can, and I'd like to help out my teammates with whether it's schoolwork or work about football. And I also like to get involved with just whatever they have going on in their daily lives because they'll always bring their activities into mind, such as like neighborhood club basketball or other stuff such as reading events and broadcasting events. Definitely, man. Um, would you like to shout out your girlfriend at all? I mean, I know she's going to be listening to this. Come on now. Yeah, shout out to uh, Chloe Power. She's definitely helped me along with you and a lot of big decisions I've made throughout my football career and academic career. So she's definitely someone that means a lot to me. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I know you brought up your last part of your girlfriend. We're going to kind of jump in real quick um, just into some relationships. Uh, what's your biggest piece of advice? you know, um, for having a great relationship. Make sure that the person that you're wanting to commit a, a relationship to is honest with themselves and has goals of their own. You don't want to be going into a relationship some, with someone that's not 100% certain on what they want because how can they be certain about wanting you if they don't even know what they want for themselves? No, and that's 100% true. And um, I think all you can ask of a person is just to be honest about that. And, you know, if they don't know what they want, then that's okay. You know, you just know that up front. You'd rather just know than uh, you don't have to figure it out later down the line. Um, there's no way that you can trust someone if they don't know what they want, if they don't know what they want later in life, or if they can even trust themselves on their own feelings. I think the biggest red flag, I mean, it obviously depends on the girl because some girls are more social than others and some have different histories than others, you know. 
but probably the biggest red, red flag overall would just have to be like how committed are they to you with your goals like are they willing to be put aside if you need to work on yourself for a week or so or even at most a month like will they take that time to listen to what you have to do to get better with yourself so that the relationship can keep working or are they just going to say forget it toss it all out the window right how much does that how much do they value your time how much do they value your relationship one of the biggest things i believe is your time is your wealth you know you you decide what your time is made up of everyone's given the same 24 hours every day and i believe that you know your partner in um your life is the most important is one of the most important parts of your life because i believe they determine a lot of your happiness or success because of the people you surround yourself with that's why i think it's very you know you have to be very careful who you choose and who you put that trust into i believe that i do because she has to understand that at times she cannot be the top priority if you need to work on let's say academics or the sport that you're working towards or whatever thing project you want to start up she might not be always number one but if she can be comfortable with being number two or three while you work on yourself that's someone that is worth keeping around and if they can't do that that's a big red flag because they're not willing to let you work on yourself Folks, what he just said is, is that you can't let someone else have all your time. You can't do that. You cannot do that. That is the number one mistake you see people do all the time is that they give someone else all of their time. And see, that right there is the mistake number one is because, A, you distract yourself from doing what you want to do and your goals. And B, you prevent yourself from growing on your own and being great not only for her but for yourself great point you can't you can't give someone all your time you cannot why we bring up relationships today is because oftentimes i think a lot of people think they are forced to be in one or think it's necessary to be in one in order to be successful does a person to you need to be in a relationship to be successful no they don't why expand on that because it's like you don't need to have someone like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Having Chloe in my life, I'll use her as an example. Having her in my life, supporting me at all my games and all the times practices have stopped all the times where just things haven't gone my way, whether it's with lifting in the off season for football or during the season, something doesn't go my way. It's always been nice to have her there because she'll pick me up the best she can and tell me everything's going to be okay. Or that it's meant for something bigger, you know? But some people don't have that. Some people don't have someone there, whether it's a girlfriend, boyfriend, or sibling or adult figure in their life, whether it's a family member or coach or teacher. I mean, at the end of the day, the only person that truly knows what will get you up and what will get you down is yourself. No one else is inside your mind except for you. And I think that in certain circumstances, if you can just find a way or find something, an activity or a song or a little hobby that you find that personally will bring you up, that's all that should be in. You know? Like, there's some, for some people, it could be reading a great book, or some people, it's painting. It doesn't have to be someone saying, hey, it's going to be okay. It's all going to work out in the end. It's different for every, pe- every person. So, for me, obviously, it's going to be Chloe that brings me up. But for some people, like my brother, it could be his favorite TV show. He's having a bad day, comes home, puts that on, and it, bring up, 
it brings it right back up to his happy self. It's just different for every person because not everyone's the same and different things bring people up and bring people down. No, I, so why do you think there's such a need in today's world to have someone else in your life? Because it looks good, you know? Like, if you're a starting whatever, or you're a multimillionaire that has a partner, and it looks like you guys are a big power couple, you know? Sure. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, you probably love that person, you've probably been through a lot with that person, but in the media's eyes, I mean, you look good with them, you know? You do like, indeed. It's not just saying, oh, look at James Store. He is this great athlete from Valparaiso, but if you can say it's James Dore, and then his girlfriend or his fiance, so-and-so, it also just sounds a lot better because then it's like, oh, this guy's dating someone, and then everyone's going to want to learn about her life and what she has going for her as well, you know? No, I agree, and I think sometimes, I think this is, it's not the sexy thing, it's not the appealing thing as you brought up to be by yourself, to be alone, and you know, figure it out for yourself. You know, speaking as a single person myself, I can say, you know, it, it's hard at times. It's not easy to be on your own figuring it out. And I'm not saying that's the path I always want to take, but I think at times in your life that it may be the right one to take um, because you really do have the freedom to figure out what you need for yourself. And you don't have to, you're not concerned about um, someone else and how they, you know, they feel about you. Um, talking to someone or exactly at times our lives can all have problems and really tough situations can come up in our life and at times it's great to have someone to sit back and just relax with and talk to about every single problem we have but at other times in life it's better to solo it because then you don't have to have the burden of their problems on you now I'm not saying that's a bad thing if you're in a relationship then it's great that they have the trust in the relationship and in you to talk about their problems. That's something great. But I'm saying just for certain people at times, maybe they can't handle all of that. And what they're going through, it's just better that they go through it alone. I, and no, that's a hundred percent a great point. And I think another important thing, this isn't a, you know, a talk about never get into a relationship, never do it. It's what, what we're trying to convey here is that make sure you do it with the right person. Make sure you really vent it out. Um, it is important to, you know, have those conversations with those people. But I also think it's important to surround yourself with people of, you know, different genders and of different races and different variety. So you get those different perspectives. So I know um, recently in the news, it kind of came out. I know, as you saw, that Richard Sherman recently resigned with the Bucks. I kind of wanted to get your thoughts about, you know, his, his mental health program he went through and just kind of why are more athletes, you know, not doing it? Or, like, what are your thoughts on it as an athlete yourself, you know, aspiring Division One athlete? Well, I mean, first off, I definitely think that what he did was, like, the misdemeanors against him. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. Everyone makes bad decisions. Now, some are definitely a lot worse than others, and I'm not excusing the fact that what he did was wrong. But in his words, he was stating that this was the push that he needed to really start going to therapy and opening up opening up about his mental health to his wife and to the people that would actually care and listen. Like, I mean, it's important as athletes that we always understand that no matter the tough stuff that we're brought into, whether it's a loss of a family member, 
girlfriend, boyfriend breaking up with us, or even just failing a test at school. It's like, we'll just put that on our backs and carry it with us for whoever knows how long. No, 100%. We're just going to use it to get better, and we're just going to carry it around with us for however long we need to until we've used all of it as motivation. And it's like, if we're falling behind in a class, that's going to put a lot of stress on us because we're going to be knowing that in some area of our life we're failing. And we have to be 100% focused on everything and every single time because we need to be the best we can be. And so what I think was really impressive by him is that once this happened, he took the time to really face his problems. He sat down, he stepped back, and he just he took a breath to understand what was going wrong. And not only figuring out what was going on, he decided to reach out and look for as many like helping hands as he could find to get him back to where he wanted to be and to start playing the sport that he loved playing. No, 100%. I mean... I think it's important to understand that a lot of, you know, his decision-making was based off his past, which is something I can definitely relate to. Um, It's hard to have that conversation, especially as an athlete, when you're told to, you know, push it down, to, you know, just work through it, to get into the grind and get into the lab even more, you know, throw yourself in even more when things go wrong. A lot of times in life that often works, but, the thing is, when it comes to your mental health, it's it, that's not the right approach to go about it because eventually it does catch up to you. Um, and I think the approach to go about it is is having those conversations, is taking self-accountability and knowing yourself. I know in the past and, you know, past relationships I've been in, it's been hard for me to have those conversations, to decide, you know, you act, you make mistakes because sometimes you haven't owned up to the things that have happened to you in the past. And it's, you know, one of the things I've learned is it's not simply enough okay to just keep saying that, you know, my past had something to do with it or this had something to do with it. No, it's you have to eventually take ownership and accountability for your actions. It's not your fault what happened to you, but it's your fault if you let that affect how you live your life. Does that make sense what I'm saying? I understand that. And it's like... Some people, when they lose someone very close, and I'll use this as an example just to add on to what you're saying, like if you lose a father figure or your mother, whether it's they stepped out of your life or they, in some ungrateful world, they actually passed away. It's like, depending on the person, they could act out in school, start causing, causing all different kinds of behavioral problems because they can't bear the burden of knowing that they lost them, you know? But it's like there has to become a point where you can't stop saying I'm acting out because I lost them, you know? Right. Like you, you have to – I get it. It would suck to lose that close of a family member too. I personally have not. But it's like at some point you got to sit down and think, would they really want me acting like this and using them as an excuse for me to continue to do this five to seven years later after it's happened, you know? 100%. Like there has to become a point to where you can sit down with yourself or with a close loved one or therapist and just say, I got to find some way else to think of this person and not start lashing out again. You know, that was all just an example, but at some point you have to stop using your past as an excuse and you have to stop just 
blaming the bad actions that you caused on something else. Like, you have to take ownership. If you mess up, you mess up. And no one else persuaded you to do it. It was you in the end because you could make the decision. Now, you know, bringing it up to your point, we're not, you know, we're still take time to grieve, you know, still take the time you need to do, you know, what you need to do to best, you know, recover. And, you know, you may never fully recover. But again, you learn to, I guess, live, you know, live a life that they would be proud of and, you know, live one um, that carries on their legacy, that carries on their life. Uh, you know, as someone, you know, personally who's, you know, lost four people close to them this year, I guess one of the biggest things I've learned is um, you can't be worried about, you know, letting them down or, you know, not living up to it um, of what they see in you. The biggest thing I could say, um, and I, anyone who's going through something right now is just um, continue to find your purpose, continue to fight for what you believe is right. As long as you're doing that and, you know, you're living, you're living your purpose and going about your life, then you're not failing because you're striving for a goal. You're striving to be better. You have something you're waking up every day, you know, motivated to do. Um, and I know that's for us is to be, you know, partially the best football player we can be, but also to be, you know, great off the field as well, you know, being a, a mentor and a leader for other people. And that's just a personal example of mine. That doesn't have to be yours. You know, it could be something totally different. I'm going to be honest with you because I've had this same like back and forth argument with myself about whether I should go to or not. I've told people like, trust me, there are people that you can call and reach out to that will listen because that's their job to listen. But I've never made that call myself yet. You know, and these past few months with football really picking up and school picking up, like, I've been, definitely been battling with the do I call or do I just keep talking to the people I'm talking to, you know? And for me, I'm not saying this is for everyone because I definitely know it's not, but for me, it's like, how do I open up with the emotions included to someone that I've never met, you know? A hundred percent. I think that's a... For me, it's about me only opening up to people that I have a solid, strong bond with. But how can I do that with someone knowing that they're only there to listen because that's their job too, you know? Like my girlfriend or my close teammates or even some of my teachers, like it's not their job to listen to my problems, you know? But they take the time out of their day to do it. But going to a therapist, their whole job is just to sit and I guess the best answer I can give to that question, and I know a lot of people have this question, is that is not to say stop talking to those people, but I think again you go into therapy, you go in with a goal in mind, a better you know whatever it is. You know, for me personally, you know, it's better trying to understand myself and better trying to understand why I feel those things. Right? Is that you know is it because of my past? Is it because of you know, my makeup as a person and who I am or what, you know, what is the reason for that? And then um, building off of that is ways to deal with, you know, relationship wise, you know, ways to better myself and continue to grow um, as a person. But I, I agree with you. And, you know, it's one of those things I'm kind of scared going into it. Um, I, you know, talking personally, I recently scheduled my first, you know, therapy appointment for this uh, coming Wednesday. Um, and, you know, the reason why I did it is because, you know, like you, I've, you know, I've talked about it to a lot of people. I've said it's a great option, but you can't just, you can't just talk about it. You got to, you got to be about it. Um, and, you know, one of my 
goals every day is I want to walk in that light and, you know, be a beacon of light for others about you. But I would describe to them, you know, the type of person you are and what you hope to get out of it. Because here's the thing. If you don't have a goal of what you're trying to get out of therapy or of what you're trying to do with it, then it really is just going to be a waste of time for you. And you're going to feel, you know, lost and confused and frustrated. You just, you know, opened up and shared all these feelings. If you don't have any goals set going into it, I think that's one of the most important things is to make sure you have clear goals, attainable goals that are manageable and attainable. I I mean, do you, do you agree with that, not agree with that? No, I mean, I agree with it because there's definitely like, you're right, if you have certain goals that you want to be met or achieve while walking into it, then you can get a lot from it because I guarantee you that most of your friends wouldn't know half the tips that they do because they've gone to school for it, you know? Right. Like, they like, I'm sorry you're going through this or I'm sorry this is happening and maybe you just need to get off your phone or go relax, you know? But it's like, the therapist will really have useful tips and coping strategies that you can do when you might not always be able to talk to someone about it. I definitely believe that there's a big benefit to going. It's just taking that first step is very crucial to whether it's a success or not. No, I... No, I agree 100%. I think the biggest thing I'm hoping to get out of it is is I'm still going to be talking to those loved ones and talking to, you know, those my closest friends. But the thing is, is hopefully maybe I can prevent, you know, some of the feelings I feel I can prevent them from happening before they come at times. You know, you can't always stop it all the time, but sometimes, you know, and better able to deal with them. I believe that's where therapy can play a big part because if you can stop something from happening, or just part of the time, then I believe that's where it really helps you. So kind of jumping in, I know um, article, great article on ESPN um, talking about Russell Wilson and how he has his own mental health coach that specifically focuses on his mental well-being. Um, he credits him for his ability to get over the 2015 Super Bowl Um the infamous Malcolm Butler interception. I guess for you as an athlete, would that be something you would consider later on in your life? Like what I think about that? Uh, yeah, a mental health coach or like someone who you would just you would just strictly have them. Uh, uh, you would hire somebody strictly for your mental health. I wouldn't say I would hire someone, but I would definitely keep a close friend or someone that I meet, even maybe a teammate, if they're up to it. Because I know they have a lot. They have a personal life too. You know, everybody mm-hmm. does. But I would definitely keep someone close by just to always be that one, like, familiar voice checking in on me and checking up on me, you know, because definitely during the season, you forget a lot about how you're actually feeling like you wake up. In my case, you go to school, you get piles of homework, you come home, you go to practice, and then you come home, you're stuck with homework for a good hour to sometimes three hours with studying, and then... You tell yourself you're exhausted, you're tired, you're sick of this, and then you go to bed, wake up, and do it all again. And, I mean, no one's really there to, hey, are you okay? Is there anything else going on, You're going on, you know? So I definitely think having someone like that, I wouldn't say hiring, maybe, but having someone like that who is strictly, isn't looking to hang out with you, isn't looking to go grab drinks with you or something, but is just there for your mental health is definitely really important. And it's definitely someone I would definitely look into. So for me, it wouldn't necessarily be a teammate. It would be like an outside source. But I kind of I do agree with what you're saying is that they would just strictly be there, you know, 
it'd be less of a, you know, I'd be friends with you, obviously, but you wouldn't, it would be clear, I would define what it was, you know, the relationship and what I'm hoping to get out of it. And, you know, as to anything, you know, we talked about earlier relationships, obviously communication is so important in defining those boundaries and what that looks like. I think it's pretty, it's pretty cool to see one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, like, he even needs someone to care about his mental health, you know, and I'm not saying for everybody, you know, that's what's right for them. But I'm also saying that doesn't make you, you know, look weak or look like that you look bad because you do. I just think you go ahead. That's probably something that stops a lot of people too. They don't want to be seen as weak or in some places being seen like a baby for, Oh, you have to go to therapy. You can't deal with your problems on your own. Like, it's not that we can't deal with our problems. It's just that sometimes we just need to help someone to help us through them, you know? And if one of those top athletes can not be afraid to say, hey, I have someone who checks in on me about my mental health, I think that would definitely help persuade a lot more people to join or start going to therapy because they'll stop being afraid of what other people say, you know? No, 100%. I, I agree with that. I think it's an important conversation to have, and I think it's important to realize that you're not – people just, you know, see you as an athlete and think, you know, it's, you're just playing a game. You know, how hard can your life really be? You know, I mean, you really – I mean, outside of those hours you're playing your game, you're a normal person just like everybody else. You, you know what I'm saying? And um, if anything, I think sometimes your life's harder because of how much you must really have to love what you're doing to be – you know, a professional athlete in any sport, men, women's, um, anything. I think at times it's your mental health is even more at risk because of all the time you have to put in and you have to really throw yourself all the way in. You know? I agree with that. I definitely, it's probably not always 100% with some sports and certain athletes where it's just like, oh, I bet once he's done playing this game, he just goes back to his McMansion and hangs out with supermodels day and night, drinks day and night, or gets to go home and pick between his luxury cars on which ones he's going to take into work tomorrow. Because most of the athletes now have families, so they probably go home, check in on their kids, and see how their school day was just like any normal family would. And it's not all high-end rides or just houses and jewelry. But it would definitely be nice if... They talk a little bit more about their mental health day to day just because it's like for the people that aren't the biggest superstars, maybe the rookies in the NFL or even college level players just talk about how, like, whether if they're struggling or not, or this is everything that they wanted, you know? Like, is it too much work sometimes or is it, is it where they want to be? No, 100%. I think another interesting part is, you know, we see the media, you know, cover these athletes nowadays. Why do you think, you know, that's not a conversation at all of, you know, of topic at all of talking about it, you know, covering the media? I know we talk about it all the time, saying it, you know, we, you know, it should be a conversation we need to have more and we need to do it more. But I don't feel like the way we cover athletes today, it's still very much about things that pertain to things that affect your mental health, you know, uh, just looking at this, you know, the vaccine, you know, whether it's. You know, do you think it's the right of the media to know the vaccination status? I believe that it comes down to the person the media is asking, you know, and it depends on how they ask it. If they're accusing someone of having it or not having it, 
that's a problem. That is in it's well within their rights to ask, are you vaccinated? It's a simple question. It's not like it's out of the blue because that's we're still going technically through a pandemic right now. And it's up to the person they're interviewing whether they want to answer it or not. Some people are open about it, some people aren't, and it just comes down to personal preference, you know? Like, I know for a fact that if someone asked you, are you vaccinated, there's no way you would take offense to that because it's a simple question that could be answered with a yes or a no. I agree, and I think you hit the nail on the head. The biggest thing is you can ask the question, but the athlete has the right to not answer your question. Because I think that is a personal question and that it's different for every family. I mean, I'll say this, um, you know, I won't bring up his name, but, you know, one of my best friends, you know, um, doesn't have the vaccine and decided not to get it. And that was a personal choice for him because he felt like that was best for him and his, you know, his family. And he decided that's what he wanted to do. And I support him 100 percent, especially if you look at the history of medicine, especially for minorities in this country. You know, there's been times where we they've been lied to and about what's been in certain things so i can understand um that aspect of it and other parts of it because obviously you know i'm i'm i got the vaccine i'll say that but um we don't know necessarily what's in there or what's inside of it or what the side effects are you know 10 15 years down the road i just think it's a personal choice for everybody and that it should be one that you can make that decision for yourself um but I don't know, I, and this kind of leads to my next question. I kind of just already answered it for myself, but do you think there should be a vaccine mandate for everybody? I believe that there should be, it's, it, I know it's going to sound like I'm repeating myself, but I think it comes down, if you're talking about sports teams or any team or club in general, I think it should come down to the managers of that team and what they think is best to keep everyone safe, but also keep everyone doing what they love to do, you know? Like, for a while, a lot of sporting events, such as, like, the Tiger Stadium and Ford Field, they would restrict the amount of people coming into the stadiums to stop the spread of COVID. And since the vaccine and a lot of other new, just, like, cases going down, they've started to open up, and now we're back at full attendance. But that didn't happen all at once, and they didn't pass the law or a rule saying that it all has to go back to normal. Each state did it at their own pace, depending on how serious the cases were in their area. And I think it's just like the vaccine. It's like they should do it whether they think it's necessary or not. But before they do it or call a final decision, they should definitely talk to the team or talk to everybody in the organization and see what they believe. You know, because like you said, we don't always know what's in the vaccine. We don't know the long-term effects of it, if there are any or if there are not. But people will definitely have opinions on it. And I think they should also be heard, whether you're the CEO of the Tampa Tampa Bay or just the janitor that works for them. You know, I think your opinion should be heard, especially when it comes to it being a mandate for where you work. So I know this has been a hot topic recently, too is in the NBA, there's a mandate that all employees, referees, um, anybody affiliated with the team is mandated to get the vaccine or to work there. The only people that are not are the players. Do you agree that the players should have an exception on whether or not they want to get the vaccine or should it be you know uniform for everybody where 
you know, you can apply for an exemption or it should be everybody has the vaccine. Does that make sense what I'm asking? Yeah, no. So for that case, if everyone else in that facility has to have it mandated, I believe the players should have it mandated too. Now, if it was the other way around where the players had to have it mandated and the staff had a choice on it, I think the staff could get away with it because not all of the staff members are around the players, you know? But when it's players going against up another team who some might be vaccinated, some might be not, they could potentially put their own team at risk for some players having to sit if there was ever a case outbreak, you know? No, 100%. That could have an effect on games being won or lost. I mean, players are getting new contracts, coaches getting fired. I mean, that's a real thing. It's uh, controllable. I just think it should be a uniform thing across the board. If you're going to mandate it, mandate it for everybody. If you're not going to mandate, then don't mandate it for everybody. I don't. I, I think you know. Obviously, I know the players drive the revenue. The players are what bring the fans in. But you know, I don't think it's fair to these you know executives and um, referees and workers who you know make who are you know allow the players to you know be on the platform that they are and succeed. I don't think the players should have a special treatment when it comes to the facts of whether they should get a vaccine or not. I just think it should be the same for everybody because then that eliminates confusion and clutter and doesn't allow no, people. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. No, I said I agree with that. Like I said, if it was the other way around, it was the players who all had to have it, but the staff wasn't, I think my opinion might change a little bit just because, like I said, it's not like every single person is going to be around the players. But when it's everyone, but except for the team, at that point, why just not make it a full uniform thing, you know? No, 100%. And the last part I'll kind of bring up to this is um, I know you've kind of seen, you know, the minor league baseball and, you know, the poverty lines for it. Um, I don't – I guess – as an athlete, does that make you, you know, want to, you know, quit your the sport that you love because you simply can't live off of it? I just think, I mean, nowadays it's so hard in some areas to get recognized as a great athlete because there's so many great athletes nowadays, especially at the high school and college level. It's hard to single yourself out as someone that could potentially be ready for the next level, no matter what level you're at, whether you're just – in, on a freshman team in high school trying to make it to varsity or if you're at that college level trying to reach a better like potentially get signed in the NFL or another one of those leagues you know yeah and I just think I mean there has to it comes down to your personal opinion but you have to think and ask yourself is it worth it to go all this way when like the article said you're sleeping from couch to couch trying to work three different jobs just to put a meal on the table like, do you love you, your sport that much to continue through hell? Or, I mean, is it just time you switch and find something that's not your first choice, but something that you've somewhat liked throughout your life? And let me ask, for you, what would that, I guess, would there be a certain line you would get to that it wouldn't be worth playing that sport anymore? For me, the line that I would have to cross for me, me to tell myself I'm done, I can't keep moving in this direction would be whether I've been trying for two or three years, if I'm lucky enough to get to the college level, and they're just the results aren't showing as much as they used to be, you know? 
like some people just hit a plateau, you know, like they have a great high school career and then they get, they commit to a college. So they're all pumped up. Their freshman year goes great. And then just for the next three years, they just plateau, you know? Yeah. And that could have some outside effect too. Personal life, academic life, you know, but if it just starts to plateau, there's really no change throughout the years. And I'll just have to think to myself, like, is it worth it to keep going when there's no, like, no future in this sport or activity that I'm doing past college, you know? No, 100%. I think the biggest thing you have to ask yourself um, before you make a decision to, you know, decide to leave your sport that you love or quit is that uh, you have to, I, I would make sure you really ask yourself, have you done everything you you can to try to make yourself successful? You know, are you going to walk away with any regrets? Because the moment, the, the worst thing you want to do in too many stories I've heard is that you walk away too soon and that you wish you, you wish you worked harder. You wish you did this. You wish you stuck it out. You wish you, you know, you don't, you don't want to have an I wish, you know, I mean, you only <clears throat> get one chance to go through, you know, life. And I believe this is that, you know, your life is like a book and it's, you know, what is that, what is that book going to look like when it's done? How good was your book? You know, the chapters of your book, you're, you know, you're currently writing, you know, when people look back at that chapter five to 10 years later, what are they going to say? I think, you know, at certain times in your life, not all the time, you have to ask yourself that question. Because if you can live with yourself and look yourself in the mirror and be okay with it, then you know it's then you know it's okay to step away and walk away. But if you know you have something left to give and something left to aspire to, then you just gotta find a way, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. You know, there's some obstacles all around you at times in life, you know. Sometimes you can't run through it. Sometimes you got to get creative and you got to climb it. You got to go around it. You just find a way. Um, I think eventually. I believe that. And I don't know what your thoughts are. What time do you think is a great time to step away from the one activity you've grown up with and loved? But I've said this around my team and I've said this around other people. It's that the only thing that I want when I know I'm officially done with football is that. I want to know that I did every single thing possible to get me to that spot. You know, I want to look back and think, oh, I could have tried harder back in sophomore high school, like my sophomore year, and think, oh, I could have tried harder during the summer practices, or I could have tried harder in the offseason for lifting to get better. I want to be able to say I did every single thing, and I showed up to every single event that I could to get me to where I was. And if I can do that, whether that's my senior year of high school or that's my senior year of college, then I'll be perfectly satisfied with that, you know? No, and that's a real thing. And I think, you know, you keep that in the back of your head, you know, you try not, you don't think about it every day, but you also, and how you go about that is you take it day by day and you just try to do the little things right. You try to take that extra time to watch that film. You spend the extra time after practice. You get up early in the morning and watch more film. You know, you just, you do those little extra things that make you great. You know, you just do it. Um, I think that there's a lost concept, you know, in today's world is that, you know, um, you know, if you wish it to happen, you know, and, you know, if you wish it enough, it will. I mean, you really have to, you got to ask yourself, do you really want to put yourself through it in order to get to your, you know, your dream, your goal? Because it's going to be hard. There are going to be days you don't feel like doing it. Uh, 
one of the biggest things is for any athlete, you're, I would make sure if it follows your purpose and helps you to, you know, to fulfill your purpose, then you know you're good at what you're doing. And if you find something that, you know, does it better, then you already have your answer. But living your life and sticking to your purpose will help you eliminate a lot of the clutter and a lot of the so-called tough decisions will make them easy. Exactly. And that ties back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this was that if you can be true to yourself and be true with your goals and intentions, then you'll be able to find the right path for yourself. But you got to make sure that what you want in life is set in your mind and that you have a way of getting to it. And it doesn't have to be overnight and it doesn't have to be by the end of the week. But if you can have building blocks to get to where you want to be, it could be away from your sport or it could be through your sport and just see it to the end. That's just something you have to come up with in your head because that's going to get you ultimately to where you're meant to be in life and to find your true purpose in life. Real stuff right there, man. Real stuff from it. Man, this kid is speaking facts. He was only 15 years old. I mean, y'all got to get your life together out there for real. But uh, all right, man, last thing. What's your what's your date? Like, a girl, you take a girl on a date. What are you doing? Well, I mean, it depends on the girl. There have been a few cases I not personally with me, of course, but just ones that I've heard of that are like the girl likes something spontaneous, something that she's never been like she wants to metaphorically be swept off her feet, you know? Like And here's the so, thing, don't mean to cut you off. Look folks, is figuring out her I think figuring out someone's zodiac sign is a real thing. Um it will help you in figuring out what to do because it'll tell you about her personality a little bit and who she is. Yeah, go ahead. If you agree with that, disagree. No, I, I agree with you on that because that has definitely come in handy once or twice. <laughs> but I also believe that a biggest thing that not a lot of people look for when finding a girl or are just starting to get to know a girl is look at her taste in music. Some people might call it weird. Some people might call it just like, why would you even think of doing that thing about personality or like what she does with her day? But taste in music could tell you something about her because if she likes... Like, if you look through her phone, it's just a lot of, like, sad stuff. Like, you got to understand that she's probably going through a lot of stuff and just is the type of person to keep it all in, you know? And then that comes with questions like, will she tell me something important if I need to know it, you know? Like, if she loses feelings or she's not confident about the relationship. But if she's that type of person that has, like, music all over across the board, all different types of genres, and definitely throughout the years, like, if we're going back to Elvis Presley all the way up to this, some of these new upcoming artists like she is definitely someone that is a little bit more intelligent because she'll take the time to learn a little bit about the people from way back when and mixed it with today mm. you know? talk to him no real stuff no that's real shit right there um i yeah i think you got to understand the past you, you have to understand your history in the past before you know the future um and understand where you're going I, I think that's a great point in understanding music because lyrics and music and the songs that, you know, um, women listen to will tell you a lot. And, you know, I uh, I think that's a great way to see, you know, who a person really is. And, you know, it's helped me in a good way, you know, to figure out who people are. And it's, you know, been a useful thing. And uh, Music is, a, you know, a love language, too, I think, because the way it the way it can speak and the way it can talk to people. And I'll be with that. There are definitely some good ways and bad ways. It can be a love language. Oh, yes, it can. I'm not, 
I'm not gonna call anyone out on it. <laughs> but they know who they are. <laughs> What's on their mind? Music can take control of that. They'll just play a song, and all you gotta do is watch for the certain lyrics that they sing. You know. Oh man, that's funny as hell. I don't mean to call anyone else that again, but it's just it's the little things that you gotta look for in music that can play a key role. Because like everyone knows about certain songs that can set a mood for a romantic date or for the stuff that happens after the romantic date, you know. But it's like songs are also just a great way to connect with someone, whether you're at a bar or you're just out with friends driving around. It's like if they choose a certain song and they stick with that genre, that genre will tell you a little bit about them. There's a reason for it. The type of music they play, like in the car or anywhere, there's a reason they're playing that. Don't don't fall asleep to it. But yeah, is there uh, anything else you want to add? Probably not about the relationship advice, but just to finish that topic up, it's just to make sure that you find someone that is true to you, true to your goals and theirs, but also understands that it's no, like, single relationship, if that makes sense. It's not like, I'm going to listen to all of your problems and help you with whatever I can with you. But then when you ask if I'm okay, I'm not going to share anything. No, you are in a relationship with someone for a reason, and you should be committed, or at least open, to sharing everything about you with them. Not all at once, but just little bits day after day. Like, if you can't trust a person with certain topics, then... That's just going to keep, that list is going to keep getting bigger and bigger. And just the problem that you find in a lot of relationships nowadays is that people are just so scared to lose what they have that they'll stop telling people and afraid that they'll leave them over it, you know? Mm. No, that's an honest thing. Um, I definitely felt that definitely early on um, in relationships I've been in and something that, you know, I want to correct and, you know, in the future and just bettering myself is it's... um, you know, it's not, that's just not the right way to go about it. And, you know, in all seriousness, um, just because you're not with the person now or you're broken up with them, if you're going through, you know, a breakup, um, all I can say is, is it doesn't necessarily mean it's, you know, forever, you know, it could be. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it's a great opportunity for you to work on yourself and grow and look in the mirror and really improve yourself but that doesn't also mean that that person could be out of your life forever there is that opportunity you know you just gotta let the universe kind of take care of itself you know and just go about your business and go about your day and live your life and live your purpose i just i think it's a misconstrued thing is that uh a lot of people think you know it's never gonna happen again and they completely ignore that possibility like no i think it could be a possibility where both people just really need to grow in that moment you know, I believe in there's the right time, wrong person, or however you want to work that state. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, there. You know the. Yeah, right. I'm trying to think how to say I that. Um, in different scenarios, but I believe in that sentence. No matter how you want to work it. Oh, no, hundred percent. I. Uh, the DMs are open if you need grow advice. You know, it is up. You know, we'll take care of you. Um, next week we are gonna have a female guest on, so. You know, we'll get their perspective as well. Stay tuned for more.